So the call of the the call of the soul. That's what we've been talking about throughout this month. That's been our theme this month. And Carl Jung, Carl Jung said something that's is that really speaks to the importance of listening to the call of the soul, listening to the soul. He said, who looks outside dreams? Who looks inside awakens? Who looks outside dreams? You know, as spiritual beings having a physical experience, this quote from Jung is that as spiritual beings, we are this to listen to that inside call. And when we do that, we awaken. We awaken to the reality of who we are. And I know for myself that turning within, looking within, listening within can be a challenge at times, especially when I'm going through stuff. Stuff. I'm using a nice word there. That's a nice way to put it. When I'm dealing with stuff, and, and, and when I look around the world and things that can try to call our attention, and I can find a lot of stuff to look at. I can find a lot of things to be distracted by. It takes effort to go within so that we can awaken. You see, when we are looking outside, when we are looking at the stuff, you know, stuff happens. When we're looking at that stuff, then what Carl Jung meant by we dream is that we look at the stuff and it doesn't measure up to our inner knowing. And we spend time dreaming and say, wouldn't it be nice? And maybe we don't even say it that, that politely. Maybe we should on what's going on. They should be doing this. They should be doing that. We're dreaming. We're living in a mental state rather than going within to where our power resides. Listening to the call of the soul, that which is beckoning us, that which is seeking to emerge by means of us, it takes work. It takes work to lean in, to listen within. But this inner work that we do, that our practitioners, this is what they study and prepare and are, are tested on even as to their ability to find their way to that inner knowing, this work to awaken to the call of the soul while it is deeply intimate and personal because each one is unique. The whole world benefits. Going back to that oneness, that one life, it's seeking to emerge as you fully and completely. And this morning, we're going to be talking about that call of the soul to live authentically, the call of the soul to freedom to freely be who we are. You know, Dr. Holmes writes in The Science of Mind, Dr. Holmes is the founder of the teaching that we embrace at Concordia. And he said this, he says, we are to see that spirit creates all things by the power of its own word and that we are what? We are spiritual beings. We are here 
oh, we are too here. We are here too here. That inner voice of truth, which is ever proclaiming the freedom of all life, the eternal unity of God with man. This inner voice of truth that is ever proclaiming the freedom of all life, that is proclaiming the freedom of our life. But it's only when we look within that we can awaken to this. And that's why we've been talking about this throughout the month. We can have a vision. We can, we can be called by vision. But unless we awaken to it from within, then it's just a dream of the way we would like things to be, rather than knowing the truth of who we're called to be and what is seeking to emerge in the world by means of us. You know, freedom is one of our spiritual principles. It is one of the, oneness is the primary spiritual principle of, that we embrace, but freedom is another one. And what do I mean by freedom? Freedom is the birthright of every individual. We are free to choose and create our experience of life. Why? How? Because we are made of that God stuff. And God's nature is freedom. God is free. There is no restrictions in this one life. In God, there is nothing holding God back. And being made of that one, then that is our nature. It's our birthright. And it is our mission as a spiritual community while we're headquartered and or based here in Rhode Island. It's our mission to support all throughout the world to claim that birthright. In our vision of a world that works for everyone, this means when people are living their freedom fully, they are listening to that call and expressing it then in a world that works for everyone, then each and every individual is living in alignment with their highest truth. They are living in unity with their good. They are living and connected with one another. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're always going to agree, but that there is unity even in our diversity. Freedom. Freedom in a world that works for everyone, it's where we are individually and collectively called to a higher, higher state of consciousness and action. Now, we could spend a whole month of Sundays and even more than that to discuss all of the reasons and, and ways that we don't feel free, what stands in the way. And that is um, our programming. We tend to remember if we look outside, we dream. And we're trained to look outside of ourselves and we could go, well, that's not working. That's not working. This is what's standing in my way. You know, we spend our entire lives overcoming the domestication, the restrictions the, um, that were imposed on us as, throughout our childhood. Lovingly, many times, <laughs> Other people's ideas, telling us what we should do, them offering their loving advice of what they think we should be and do in the world. You know, there's a verse in the book of Proverbs in the Bible that says, train up a child in the way that, that he should go. And when he is old, he shall not depart from it. 
See, that was trained in me as a child, even that verse that I could quote to you. Many of us, especially here at Concordia, are on a path to depart from it, to depart from the BS, the belief systems that have been imposed on us, because there is this call to freedom, because it's our birthright. Most of us are spending time and 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 to develop our strength to rise above the physical and emotional trauma of the past, to recover from addictions and old patterns and beliefs and old ways of being. There is a lot that we could say about what is standing in the way of us fully being who we have come here to be. But remember when we're looking outside, All we're doing is dreaming. We're comparing even where we're at to where we want to be or where we're at from where we've come. It's all a dream. Don Miguel Ruiz talks about this. It's all a dream. But this morning, the invitation is for us to set aside the outside. And to look within, to listen to the whisper of our true nature, which is what? Freedom. And to lean into it. To lean into that rather than focusing on how we don't feel. So to answer this call of freedom, to awaken to it, where do we start? Well, first, we have to acknowledge and recognize it. And what are we acknowledging and recognizing? Here, this truth, we weren't born to fit in. We were born to stand out. I'm going to repeat that. We weren't born to fit in. We were born to stand out. Every snowflake is unique. Every, even um, twins, there's, a, 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 there's something different about them, even just their personality. There's only one you in the universe. And this call to freedom is to remember this truth. We're not here to fit in. Emerson said that, that oh, to, 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 I'm missing the words. The words, are, the words will come to me, but the gist of it is, I'm not going to quote them. I'm going to give you my version of it. But in order to, to, to be a copy is suicide. To copy another, to try to fit in is suicide. Now, that's what we were taught as kids, to fit in. The, 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 the squeaky wheel got greased, or maybe it was more of a hammer came down on the nail that stuck out. That's what happened in my household. But you know what? Lady Gaga said it best. She said in a song that I love, she says, I'm beautiful in my way because God makes no mistakes. I'm on the right track. Baby, I was born this way. Who were you born to be? What is calling you? What is calling you to, to express? What is saying, here I am? You know, regardless of what anyone says, Our unique gifts and talents, our uniqueness is here for a purpose. And it's not to fit in and to be like the rest of the pack. It's our responsibility to be ourselves. It is our responsibility to be authentic. Responsibility, the ability to respond 
and no one else can be you but you. And when we do this, when we do this, when we listen to that voice and know that God doesn't make junk, God made you and me perfect, whole, and complete, then what we actually do, and we inspire others. We inspire others to do the exact same thing. This is how we create a world that works for everyone, to be ourselves and to love ourselves unconditionally, knowing that we're beautiful just the way that we are. And by loving ourselves and accepting ourselves, then we can accept others and their authenticity. You know, to answer the call of freedom, you must do you. And to begin to do that, to begin to let your, you know, Derek Rydahl says it, and I'm going to say it here, to let your freak flag fly. Let it fly high. We have to decide to answer that call. We have to decide to answer the call to freedom. Michael Singer in the book, The Untethered Soul, and I need to do a series on that powerful book. He says the prerequisite to true freedom is to decide that you do not want to suffer anymore. Dr. Holmes says that, that the time for suffering is over. The time for suffering is over. Singer says you must decide that you want to enjoy your life and that there is no reason for stress, inner pain, or fear. We must decide that we've had enough. We've had enough of being someone or something other than what God has called us and calling us to be. Yes, we do live in a world with others. And yes, our actions, our words, and the way that we show up does impact others. It does. But you know what? What others think of us is none of our business. Others can judge us, and they do. So stop complaining that others are judging you, because that's what human beings do. We judge So stop arguing with the reality. People judge and people will even try to condemn you for being who you are. You're not the right color. You're not the right size. You don't have the right education. You're not the right gender. You're not the right sex. You don't come from the right right side of the tracks. You don't have the right amount of money. Don't accept their judgment. Let them judge. Don't accept their condemnation. Dr. Holmes tells us that. Refuse, refuse to accept another's condemnation. Because if we accept their judgment of us and take their word of who we're called to be, what we're doing, what we're doing is we are taking their word over God's word. And God doesn't make junk. You are the only you in the world. And you are perfect, whole, and complete in your you-ness. Do you. Be you. And when we decide this, when we make the decision, we've had enough of the suffering. We've had enough of, of stifling and stuffing down who we are here to be. That longing. It's then up to us to be yourself. And you know what? The world will adapt. 
the world will adapt. They may not do it at first, but be yourself. You know, they won't adapt maybe right away, but here is the truth. We teach others how to treat us, or at least what we are willing to accept from others. You know, we might, if we accept their condemnation, guess what they're going to give us more of? Condemnation. But if we be ourselves, they'll adapt, they'll catch up. So if we've been playing small and little, when we rise up, it may take them a minute or two to adapt. But don't shrink back. Don't shrink back into the smallness. Don't shrink back into the, into the shadows. You know, this month is Pride Month. It's Pride Month, and, and Pride Month is when we celebrate and honor the diversity of the LGBTQ plus community. Now, if you're not familiar, and maybe you are, why June is the month of Pride? I'm going to tell you a story here, and, and it could be a little upsetting, but it is, it, it is, it is a story, an experience of a community who said, enough, enough. Tomorrow, June 28th, is going to be the 52nd anniversary of the Stonewall Riots. And that's the Stonewall Riots, along with there were many other catalysts, was this community rising up and saying, well, we're going to be ourselves, get used to it. The call of freedom is for me to be myself, get used to it. But Stonewall, Stonewall Inn was, um, was a small bar in, uh, it actually Stonewall Inn still exists in some form, but these riots and the Stonewall Inn is in Greenwich Village, New York. And this, back in 1969, was a place for gays, lesbians, transgendered folk to be themselves as much as they could be in a world that defined them as deviants and mentally ill, that defined them as, labeled them as criminals for being who they are. And on that evening, it was actually the early morning or late night, depending on what, but um, there were two undercover police women and two undercover policemen who entered the bar in order to get evidence, to get evidence of what was going on. You see, the bar was owned by the mafia. They didn't have a liquor license. And, and it was an illegal place. It was an illegal. And so they went in to collect evidence and the public morals squad. Can you believe that? There was, there was actually a, a, a part of the police department, the public morals squad. And we're still dealing with this in the world today. We, we have people who are still trying to regulate people's individual lives, but they were waiting for a signal. And once they were ready, these undercover police officers, they called for backup from the 6th Precinct. And they used the pay telephone. <laughs> Do you remember those? They used the telephone from inside. And at 1.20 a.m., 
It was a Saturday, June 28th, 1969. Walking into the door, there were four plainclothesmen, policemen, dark suits, two patrolmen and officers yelling, police, we're taking the place. The lights were flicked on, the music was turned off, and now there were about 200 people in the bar that evening. And confusion began to settle in. Well, one, the lights, if you, <laughs> if you, you know what I'm talking about. Last call, lights come on. The lights came on, confusion began to settle in and panic because this is an illegal place. There was illegal activities or just being there. People began to run for the windows and for the, for the bathrooms to escape, and, and the police barred the doors. Now, things didn't go as they planned, though, that night. You see, the normal custom of what they would do is they would line everyone up. This is how they did it in 1969. And they would line everyone up, and then they would check IDs. They would demand IDs. Now, if there was someone that was dressed as a woman, a female officer would take them back to the bathroom and make them prove it. And if they were not as they represented themselves to be, they would be arrested. But that night, that night, those who were dressed as women refused to go with the officers. They refused to give their IDs. The men in the line, they refused to give their IDs. And then the police decided, you know what? We're just taking all of you. We're just going to take all of you. We're going to take you to jail. Those that were suspected of cross-dressing, those who they were guessing, well, you don't look like a enough of a woman. Well, then you must be a man. They, they separated them, and anyone that they weren't going to arrest, they sent outside. Normally, they would disperse. That's not what happened that evening, June 28th. A crowd began to form. And there in Greenwich Village, which was a gay ghetto at the time, they began to, what's going on? What's going on at Stonewall? The first wagon appeared to take people away. But at that time, as they're bringing people out, the crowd is 10 times larger than those that they're um, arresting and hauling away. First, the mafia were going in and people were cheering, you know, as far as because they were there earning on the backs of those who were oppressed and who did not have the freedom to be who they are. And so they were cheering. Yeah, the mafia is going. Then the employees and someone shouted out, gay power. And then someone else began to sing, we shall overcome. The crowd got more intense, but they got quiet as the song, we shall overcome, began to take over. One person in drag got shoved by a cop. And she turned around and hit him on the head with her purse. The crowd booed at the cop. Another woman was escorted out of the bar and she was in handcuffs and they tried to push her in the wagon and she escaped and she, they pushed her back in the wagon and she escaped several more times and then she was held down by four policemen and this lesbian yelled out and said, why, 
Why don't you guys do something? And as they heaved her back into the wagon, the crowd went berserk and they began to do something. There were riots that were sparked that lasted days there in Greenwich Village, New York City. It even sparked other demonstrations around the country. It was a catalyst for people who said, I have made a decision to be myself. Deal with it. They answered the call to be who they are. And now today with the LGBTQ plus community, we have marriage equality. Transgendered people have more visibility and acceptance than ever before. And there is still more progress to be made. Just as racial inequality, we still have inequalities where there are those who are condemning and judging. But the call to freedom that is alive within each one of us, the universe begins to shift, to correspond. It acts on our action. And so as we begin to rise up, and to live in from that place of freedom, embracing our freedom, the outside begins to change. Alice Walker, in The Color Purple, she said, I am an expression of the divine, just like the peach is, just like a fish is. I have a right to be this way. Know this today. I tell you this about the Stonewall riots, not to, to, to notice what's coming up within you in response to that. For those who may not have lived this or this type of, of persecution, we all have our own. But know this, whoever you are, and whatever your call to freedom is, it is when we are authentic that we are an embodiment of the divine and that universe shifts. It's when we're authentic for us to live in a world that works for everyone. The call to freedom is a call to be authentic. That is what spiritual living is, to listen within to listen to that small voice, to listen and to live from that space. Ask yourself today, what would it feel like if I showed up as my authentic self in every space that I'm in? What would it feel like if I showed up as my authentic self What would I be saying? What would I be doing? It, it, may be, it may be fearful. It may be scary to do that. In the riots when they began, there, there were pennies. They were throwing pennies. And then those pennies turned into bottles. <laughs> and the crowd and the voice of the crowd and the actions got louder as you began to step up into your freedom. You know, Dr. Holmes, 
I want to close with this. He shares what our experience will be as we begin to embrace that freedom and show up authentically. He says this. He says, as the inner light dawns, as the inner light dawns, it delivers the outer life from bondage. I'm going to pause right there. We started with, we awaken when we look within. You see, when we're dreaming, there's no power in that. As the inner light dawns, as we awaken to our freedom, our authentic self, it delivers the outer life from bondage. And this is in line with the teaching that everything is from within out. When the soul knows freedom, the law will free the body and the outer life will express health, happiness, and success. All things work for our good. Even that which we call evil is salutary leading us to the way, the truth, and the life. Suffering should teach us a lesson which would cause us to refrain from making more mistakes. What's the mistake here? The mistake is shrinking back. And guess what? We can do another take. <laughs> Listening to that within, that inner light, it carries a blessing with it when we learn how to garner knowledge from experience. We are the ones the world has been waiting for. We are the ones that we have been waiting for. Any challenges that we've ever faced in our lives have prepared us for this moment. There's still a road ahead, but it's, the journey. Now is the time to commit to showing up authentically and to choose to live the life that spirit within us is dreaming of. The more that we choose to live authentically, the more we inspire others to do the same. And when we show unconditional love and acceptance to others, we're serving as an example. If we want to see more unity, if we want to see more peace and joy in the world, we have to commit to giving ourselves that, to expressing that to ourselves enough that we are living authentically, that we're showing up fully. Let us embrace the call of freedom, the call to be, the call to be you. There's an affirmation that I want to offer um, for you this week. I consciously and confidently live, it should say my, my authentic life. Say that with me. I consciously and confidently live my authentic life. What kind of life? My authentic life. Do you decide it? Be it. Others will get over it. I promise you. Peace and love. Namaste.